characters. What's up? I'm with the Roach, Angel Church. With me here, Mad Dog, Madison Matthews. Today we're jumping into the deep end. Yeah, not as not as funny, not as comical, but definitely definitely worthy of some so. attention. Yeah. Uh, this month is a significant month for myself and my family, so it's kind of what led on to this topic, and that is grief. Ugh. Nobody likes talking about that. It's a, it's a tough one. Taboo. So, five years ago on Wednesday, we lost a very near and dear person, my grandma Dory. She was loved by many. And even though it's been five years, there's still tough times. Dates, still... And, dates and stuff are the hardest. Like, you notice, especially after time, you notice yourself and you're like, Oh, I'm fine all year long. Oh, it's easy. You don't even think about it. But then yeah. certain dates like that, little things, bring everything back. Yeah. Sometimes that's, it's, I mean, the dates are, I mean, there was one time this last fall, she and I were going to go on a drive and I was like brushing my teeth and I listened to a lot of old country and that's, Grandma Dory listened to a lot of old country and this old country song came on that I hadn't heard in quite some time. And next thing I know, I'm not brushing my teeth anymore. I'm sitting on the the toilet crying because <laughs> just hit me out of the blue just zero to hundred all right <laughs> angel comes in oh my god dude who died like, what's wrong with you who died you're like this oh was a while ago but it's it's fresh to me i just heard this song okay it's like this it's like it was yesterday it's fine <laughs> i'm fine let's go get Bye. in the car <laughs> so that's you know dates significant and then little stuff that catches you out of the blue but either way grief is a bitch to deal with and everyone has experienced it. Everyone. Especially after the last couple of years with stupid Rona. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of lives lost to that, including my other grandma, Sandy. So it's been a rough... Going through the grandmas, year. man. Yeah. I don't have very many left, so... <laughs> I'll give you some of mine. I only got the... I don't want yours. <laughs> uh, nope. But... It is what it is on the grief, and so we're just doing the typical besties with a drink, gonna talk through how we process said grief, and certain stigmas and stuff that society kind of pushes on you, and, you know, how things tell you how to grieve, and that's the thing, though. So many sources will tell you that you have to grieve a certain way, but that's, that's not, that's not real. Nope. That's not the reality of things. Everything's as cliche as it sounds. Everybody grieves differently. But it's 100% accurate. I mean, forever they push the the stages, the five stages mm-hmm. of grief. Like, there's a checklist. Like, you're in an AA meeting with your 13 steps. Makes me think about that uh, that robot chicken video. <laughs> I don't know the, what Dude, video. you know what I'm talking about. It's got the giraffe and it like, gets in the quicksand. And he's like, the five stages of grief. And like the first one, he's like, fuck, goddamn, fuck, shit. And he's like just screaming and cussing, you know? And then it's like denial or whatever. And then it's like acceptance. And he's just laying there and he's like, all right, this is, this is it. This is how I go. And he's He's grieving his own death. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. He's just slowly sinking into it. It's funny. You should watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought quicksand, on a side note, I thought quicksand was going to be way worse than what it is. I know. I at least expected to have ran into it a couple times. Princess Bride did, done, I was did just that. Say that. Yeah. Yep. That and 
giant rats. Anyway, the yeah. squirrel. So. But no, the five stages is utter crap. This, this, there's no steps. None. Yeah. It's highly individualized and unpredictable grief. There's no rushing it. Everybody is different. The hardest part is finding the unique and individuality that you need for your own grief. That's the hardest. Finding your own coping mechanisms and things is the hardest part of it. And then, like, exactly. once you do, and it, it can take years, it can take days, it can take whatever, yeah, you know? no timeline. No, but once you do find those, then, you know, it does go by a lot easier. Yeah, because suppressing it is... No bueno. Not good. It, it prolongs it even that much more. Oh, exactly. That's that denial. <laughs> you can live in that one for a long a time. A fat minute. A long time. <laughs> yeah. But no. No steps. Everybody has to do it at some point in their life. You're going to experience it one way or another, and that's... There's no how-to. We all just muddle our way through. And the more we know about our own grief, the more we can relate to others and potentially help someone else through it when it's their time, that sort of thing. Right. And that's pretty much what the two of us do for each other, and... We basically, like... I don't know. We use each other... We, like... I don't know. What's the right word for it? We code talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you good, man? I'm deep in the woods, man. I'm deep in the wilderness. Dark and, and twisties. Dark and twisties. Thanks, Grace. Yeah. And then when one of us is ready, whoever's going through it, mm -hmm. finally has their little moment of like, okay. Yeah, I'll talk to you. <laughs> I'll, ta I'll open up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uncomfortable sometimes, even with, even with your best friend or people you love and trust, whether it's a spouse a sibling, a best friend, uh, that cool uncle, whatever, that person that, you know, you trust with every other information in your life, that mm -hmm. part of it, that raw hurt is mm -hmm. hard to tap into with somebody else because you're afraid to tap into it with yourself. No, exactly. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to, you know, be raw with yourself and exposed with yourself is probably almost harder, I think. Than dealing with the grief itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or talking to somebody about it. Like, mm -hmm. You know, it's so much easier to focus on other people's stuff or... You know, so let's tell go people to your I'm toxic fine. traits. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I think I actually got that from Grandma Dory, so. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic. Uh, the other thing is there's stigmas surrounding, you know, men versus women when it comes to a, a death. Because, right, this so grief is a deep sorrow, especially caused by death. That is the dictionary version there. Yeah. So that's how most people think of it. And with death, no matter, you know, who the person was to you and whatnot, you're allowed your feelings. Whether it was just somebody you saw in the grocery store once a week because you guys had the same shopping schedule and you guys made pleasant conversation. You're allowed to be sad about that. Oh, yeah. And that's... Like, you can't judge like how much someone grieves over something you know yeah. and that's it's not that's a pissing also, contest so yes but that's also 
really tricky. Fine line. Like, it is tricky, and there's a fine line, because, like, uh, when my brother died, there were all of these little bitches that came out of nowhere <laughs> that had nothing to do with anything. If anything, there were a lot of them that were like, oh my god, I loved him, this and that, and I'm you like... You don't go here. I'm like, you don't even go here, first of all, not only that, but I remember talking shit about you with my brother. Like, he did not like you, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> It's a fine line. It is a fine Have line. Have your grief, but be respectful in it if it's not a direct effect to you personally. Yeah, especially, like, if you're around those people who are directly affected. Like, for example, like, said brother's funeral. Like, they're, again, these bitches came out of fucking nowhere. And I'm like, who, who, who were it you It was more again? of a attention to me oh my god i'm so yeah. sad oh my god i'm I so sad and i'm like sitting there I'm like you're talking to this boy's family like what are you no be respectful but like i get it there those individuals are allowed to grieve yes but it's like there's a there is a sense of time yeah. and place for things oh definitely you know and res- you know just basic human respect and that's you know don't feel bad about your grief don't suppress it if you're grieving no. that person but you know i don't know be a decent human being. This Try. isn't the you show. Somebody else is really hurting and your effect is a little less than. I think a big thing on it too is it's not the you show. It's the person. It's not necessarily. You got to think about the person, whoever, like all the people's lives that are affected by the said lost person. It's yeah. a, It's about that. That. Specifically. Not about all these other random fucking people. No. Exactly. But. You don't go here. <laughs> She doesn't even go here. <laughs> Thanks to Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> the other thing is men versus women, and there's the stigmas with that, where women are more typically the shown as the more hysterical, emotional. the more emotional, and men are expected to man up. Men don't cry. Men don't have feelings. Both sides are shit. Absolute shit. I know women who bottle everything up. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> who won't communicate their feelers. <laughs> it's work progress out here, let me tell ya. That's what the bestie therapy is for. Yeah. And I know men who are more in touch with that side, and it's a beautiful thing. Society says, you know, old school outlooks... Don't get me wrong, I push the old school outlooks on a lot of things, but I do think men have every right, as anyone else, to express their feelings. A man who loses the love of his life after 60 years has every right to to be a wreck, to to yell and scream and be angry and be hurt and feel it. Right. You know, uh, a man who loses a child could not imagine don't want to imagine they have every right to break down and cry and have those moments no exactly any kind of loss that thing too i think you think of this idea that's like oh men have to be strong but it's like you have no idea the strength that it takes to be that vulnerableness yeah like to be vulnerable is a challenge challenge but it shows a lot of strength in order to do that. And that's, I mean, you think uh, people give more room when it's like military 
band of brothers yeah. you know it's for whatever reason and i mean it's not wrong they're brothers in arms they seen some shit they did some shit together and yeah when you lose one however way it happens mm-hmm. it's rough yeah and couldn't imagine and yeah. that's you know instead of stuffing it down and building a wall <laughs> and cementing over that they have every right to feel it doesn't matter the kind of loss you know <clears throat> let's quit the stigma men let's be in touch with our more feminine side of feelers a little bit your wives girlfriends daughters sons See, people it's who like, look up to you will appreciate it like oh the being vulnerable is more of a like they people say like oh it's the feminine side but like in reality like yeah i don't know i'm not that way and i know a lot of other girls and women in my life who i'm learned from and they are not that way you know as far as like they're exactly the opposite you know what i mean and it's like it's almost like even as of late like being more of a vulnerable woman kind of thing is almost frowned upon because it's like people they go initially into like oh she's fucking crazy yeah that's true you know but it's like in reality you have no idea i'm just not showing you (laughs) you don't know what i can do you don't know my capabilities (laughs) you want to see crazy (laughs) that's true everybody needs to just be more in tune with their feelings and feel it i think that's the biggest part of it you can say I'm fine. You can go through different coping max- mechanisms. Mexicanisms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Can't talk. Um, can go through, like, different, you know, coping stuff. And that's the thing, too, is one trick, one coping. Cope. I can't say that. Coping? Say it with me. <laughs> coping <laughs> mechanism. mechanism. <laughs> it's like trying to say organism in high school. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, what's good for one isn't always good for another. No. Keep trying. Don't give up. No. If that's not working for you, there's something out there that will, whether it comes from the, the advice of a therapist or a counselor or something, or if it's you know something you learn from a friend your mom whoever mm-hmm. take it give it a chance give it a chance to work and when it doesn't keep going forward find something else no yeah and then like when you do find a person whether that be a friend or spouse or family member whoever that you can learn from and things like for example maddie and i are very different in our coping mechanisms <laughs> completely different like love. drastically opposite <laughs> and so like how we handle things and stuff i think i don't i don't know how you are but like i pick up things from you as far as like being able to talk about things it takes me a minute but i eventually you have come around grown a lot in that category of being able to see and i recognize talk. that as a good thing but i also hate that very much oh i do that too <laughs> instant regret i I overshared i said so much oh my god like i see that this is positive but i'm straight up not having a good time right now terrified and i think a lot of people go through that character development sucks (laughs) it's good just it's good spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down suck it up buttercup but i think honestly like there's been a meme actually about this going around on Facebook I've seen for the last week Mm. about you ever just tell your person like they're your person 
and you open your guts up and you just ugh, everywhere and then the instant that you've done it you're like oh my god why did i do that instant regret oh yeah there's literally a meme and i've seen it a bunch <laughs> of times so i think this is a general consensus <laughs> like i never felt that way when i did it with a, a paid professional yeah you know i have done therapy a couple of times don't knock it till you try it don't yeah. don't stigmatize it give it a chance mm -hmm. but i didn't feel that way with them and i don't know if that's just because it's such a cut and dry relationship where it's like yeah you know yeah. they only know that crazy bit about you they don't know the other details about your life no. you know things like they don't know all those details yeah whereas when you're being more personal to to a friend and stuff like that it's like they know it's more vulnerable they not only that but they know the exact opposite of everything yeah they know you as a person they know this and that they don't know your mental crazy shit you got going on you know yeah that's true too so you're like combining both of those and that's terrifying to do yeah. but you've come a long ways shit sucks man i and that's i learned through therapy about talking that was it so i learned years ago from someone else and then my own therapy that um, you have a toolbox. If you think of like a, the bed of your pickup and you have a toolbox back there. And don't do no good if it's empty. And right now we're all kind of running around on empty. <laughs> so you got to get a few tools. <laughs> throw in that toolbox. You want to start with the basics. Like get you a hammer and, you know, maybe a crowbar. and <laughs> Maybe some electrical tape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those basics. Get those in there. <laughs> so then you have a few tools. And then over the years, you start adding more and more tools. And your toolbox is empty. And it gets easier to handle different situations and, and grief and loss and all the other crap that happens. Mm. And so one of my tools I learned years ago in therapy was communication. I was terrified of it. I was very similar to the roach that I did not open up. I did not want to talk to people about anything. Just whoosh, cold. I'm fine. Brave face it. No one knows nothing. Perfect. <laughs> and it was doing serious damage. So, you know, through therapy, I learned that communicating actually was a big thing for me. And it made me feel empowered to be able to talk about things that you normally wouldn't you know it gave me courage and strength and then I've noticed over the years with Angel and a few others that having people like that in your life that can talk is encouraging for others to do the same yeah. not saying that it's always going to work and that's a tool that you can put in your toolbox but it's definitely one to consider and it's a hard one it's a bigger tool. That's a power tool. Yeah. That's a bandsaw. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bandsaw. I got a welder in the back of my truck. <laughs> you know? And there's littler stuff, too. You know, whatever. Um, I picked up another one, and that was whether you're religious or not, whatever God you pray to, whether it's a cloud that looks pretty, I don't care. But I write letters to God. And just write what I'm feeling. And then years later, you find them and you read them and you kind of laugh at yourself. It's kind of like going back and reading your diary from when you were 12 and, you know, you like Bobby Joe Lane from down the road. <laughs> it's kind of funny that the these problems that you wrote about or, you know, this these deep feelings that you wrote about are so insignificant five years down the line. Because it's like or, in that little moment, 
that little scenario or whatever you're going through seems like it's so it's much more than it really is. Yeah. And that's just because it's an in-the-moment thing. You know? Yeah. And you get past it, and you're like, oh, that wasn't shit. <laughs> no, and that's with the letters. You know, it's kind of like a... Rather than a journal, I don't know, for me, I'm, I'm not good at journaling, but the letters were kind of like a finality type thing. I'd write my letter and then, you know, sign it. I'd put it in an envelope and seal it. And so it was kind of like a, I've stamped this issue and I'm putting it away. I've mm -hmm. given it to God and this is, that's what I can do with it. No, yeah. Your coping mechanisms are way aggressively different. <laughs> so I've got anger issues. It's like Happy Gilmore in this bitch. <laughs> I mean, I don't like I well, well, I don't know. I'm so I'm coping. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that it's anger issues because, no. you know, and you know, I you, you know, I know, you know <laughs> that you hate this. What? <laughs> what real shit are you about to say that I'm going to be like, damn it, you're right. What? <laughs> I learned in therapy a long time ago. Uh. <laughs> Anger is not considered a real emotion. Oh, this this bitch. She always pops off with this, and it's such a real thing, and I hate it every time. Because <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Ugh. They don't consider anger to be a real emotion. It's and not. that's because anger is the reaction from the true emotion. Yeah, you gotta dig a little deeper. Like, for example, the easy example to go with is... Your significant other cheats on you, and you're chucking their stuff out in the front yard, or you go and let the air out of her tires, whatever you do. You do mm -hmm. this out of anger, but the true feeling for being cheated on is that loss of trust. Betrayal. Betrayal. Genuine hurt. Pain. Yeah. Literal ache pain, not anger. You're, you're not mad at them for doing that to you. You're hurt that they ever would in the first place. Yeah. So, I don't think that you have anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in traffic, that's a different story. That's, that's a different story that's for another category. Day. But as far as your coping mechanism goes, I, I don't yeah. think that it's a bad outlet. No. I think it's more of a thing that's like, I just don't know what to do with my emotions because I get so many of them and they just build up and build up and I am so used to suppressing them. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do now. So then I just let it all out aggressively. And She's got Dean. You want to explain who Dean is? So we like Supernatural, and you have Sam. I do. And I have Dean. <laughs> Dean is her Louisville slugger, mm -hmm. and he helps her get over stuff sometimes. I don't break other people's shit. I break my own shit. She just likes to break things, and yeah. I don't think that it's a bad Oh, no, mechanism. I get that from my mom easy oh yeah yeah homegirl homegirl loved a good toaster toaster fucking eight. slam down damn but i don't think it's bad because like you said you're not destroying property you're not destroying other people's stuff you're doing your own thing and like you said it's because you're so overwhelmed with all these different feelings that you yeah. don't know what to do no. but you got to do something or and I it's have gonna go a completely of, different like, direction i have to like physically just wear myself out so i can calm down go home and take a nap after it yeah so i can go back to suppressing <laughs> yeah we're working on that i know i we're know working on that side of it but it's a good way to get some you know because a lot of times when you're feeling those emotions the big one because of all the combined is angst and anxiety yeah and so that's a healthy outlet 
I like to color. She likes to beat the crap out of things. <laughs> Opposites. <laughs> you know, oh, but these are just a few of ours. Give them a try. Don't, whatever. But figure yours out. Everybody's different. And there's, there's no shaming coping mechanism. It's kind of like kink shaming. You don't do it. You can't do that. You can't kink don't shame. Don't do it. You don't, can't. you don't cope shame, okay? No, you can't. Everybody does it. Grief shame. You can't do that. No. Mm-mm. I think, too, <coughs> like, we think of grief as a society, as a whole, mm-hmm. as being solely wrapped around the death of a loved person. Yeah. Personally, I think that there's a lot of different kinds of grief and these ones don't get talked about. They don't get recognized. And then, therefore, people They're... feel the need to, like, have permission to talk about them. And they, yeah. And it's, like, more... It's almost more uncomfortable than death itself. Yeah. I mean, one... And it's getting, like, a lot more recognized now, I think, is pets. Yeah. You know? That's more of a thing now. It's a... You know, people have a lot more empathy for losing a furry friend. Yeah. It's never easy with furry friends, and sometimes yeah. it can be pretty similar to a like loved one. Loved like one. A, I mean, you know, a person it can be similar to that. But and it's not easy because you almost feel like shame again with the shame to shame wizard. That guy sucks. <laughs> You know, you do, because that's somebody, you know, you're talking to somebody about, you know, how you just had to put down your old dog, and it's horrible, and it's sad, and you had him for 18 years. But then there's always that, like, oh, you just lost your dog? That sucks. You know what I just lost? You know, there's a, okay, there's a difference between, like, (coughs) excuse me, there's a difference between, like, talking to someone, and you're, like, expressing your grief, and your loss, and this and that, and how you're feeling, and then they go into like, okay, that sucks, but this is what I did. Versus like how you and Connecting. I talk, where it's like if you lost your dog, it's gonna remind me of like an old dog that I lost. So then we're gonna bond Mr. over dead Weenie. dogs. <laughs> we both have dead dachshunds, gang. Yeah, dead weenies. <laughs> Poor weenies. <laughs> but you know, and then that's the thing. Then you just then you trauma bond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ew. Are we trauma bonded? I don't know if that's healthy. We need to look into that. We should look into that. Yeah. I think we are trauma bonded. Oh, God. I don't think that's good. No, that's an unhealthy thing. Um, anyway, so, anyway. you know, losing a pet, it can be a hard one, and it is, because, you know, I talk about my old dog, and he was my bestest bud, and I bring him up to somebody else, and that's, they're going through it, because a week ago, their, you know, auntie died or something, like, you know, it's a person versus a dog is how a lot of people see that, but... Whether it is a dog, cat, horse, ferret, bird, snakes. If you have spiders, I'm sorry, but... You don't count. Yeah. You don't count. Can't. But your spiders and go to hell. Whatever, whatever your furry, scaly, slithery, whatever it is That's you're the thing. into. It's like if you have a love for something or someone and you lose that love, like that, that sucks. Yeah, it's, there's grief yeah. with that. <laughs> and that goes into the other ones that I think are really not talked about. And they're 
really personal in a way that nobody thinks. And that's... So, like, somebody's house burns down and they lose all their pictures. Yeah. There's grief in that. Yeah. You know, your your kids' first steps, Halloween pictures, your whole memories and those pictures are gone forever. There's grief there. Maybe the turkey pan. Exactly. No, <laughs> the exactly. The turkey pan. Oh, my God. So, uh, a while back, a couple years ago, a good amount of years just ago. Just a few. Just a few. Good amount. Uh, my mom was going through a divorce and with... A uh, former spouse. Anyway. Uh, <coughs> we're not going to get into those fucking details. But aside from that. Aside from that. He had he had everything in the fucking house. And he had the damn turkey pan. Alright? We didn't give a shit about anything else. But you know what he had? The turkey pan. And that turkey pan was passed down generations. And that was all my mom wanted back. Was that fucking turkey pan. Exactly. So my sister and I. And my sister and I are not actually related. But we were we were step siblings through the duration of that marriage. So after that, we're like, okay, they're getting divorced, but you and I are still sisters. So anyway, she was like, all right, look, I still have keys to my dad's house. Let's break into that bitch and get the turkey pan back. And I was like, all right, bet. My mom didn't know about this at this point. She was just like, man, I really wish I had it back. And me and my sister instantly started plotting. We're like, we're gonna get it back then. So we sneak in, sneak onto the property. Break into the house, okay? Little burglars. We're climbing on top of the, because it's like on top of the cabinets in the kitchen, you know? <laughs> so we're like climbing on How top. How old were you guys? Uh, like 15 and like 16 or 17. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I was like, I was like 15. Nice. No, I, I was, I was like 14. Okay. I, yeah, I think I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, break into the house, sneak in. We're climbing on the counter, trying to reach up for the turkey pan, finally get it. And on our way out, some dude shows up and is like, what are you doing on the property, this and that? And my sister spouts off with, like, this is my dad's house. Who the fuck are you? And it's just, like, so <laughs> aggressive about it. And he didn't say anything after that. He was like, um, okay, uh, whatever. Anyway, so we escape with the turkey pan, maniacally laughing, and we're like, yes, victory, we got it. We make it back to the house, and I'm like, okay, now there's, like, there's an old family story that goes behind this turkey yeah. pan. And we're like, all right. So then we're talking about the turkey pan and everything, and my mom's, talking about it and everything telling us all the stories and all the family generations that it's been through and she's so happy to have this thing back right and so we're like okay so uh why i think it was around thanksgiving that we had to get it back because mm -hmm. that's what brought everything up obviously yeah. yeah so my mom goes to do like she had done all the time and how we thought was a part of every turkey making process ever and she cuts both ends off the turkey and puts it in and so we're like why why do we why do we do that? Why do we cut the ends off the turkey? And she starts busting out laughing so hard. And we're like, what? What do you mean? And she goes, because this turkey pan's too damn small. And it always has been. <laughs> she's like, that's the only one. I'm like, why do we get a new one? She's like, because this is the old one. This is the one we use. Like, it's got There's smaller emotional turkey. attachment. There's attachment to this. It's been through some shit, you know? Exactly. So, oh, man, it was funny, though. We got the damn thing back, though. But there was so much attachment just to that little object, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and divorce it, is a big one yeah. on losing stuff like that. And then you have the extremes, you know? If your childhood home gets bulldozed to the ground or, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of whatever people, A lot of people experience grief in those fires and stuff. Yeah. I, cousin, yeah. I mean, look at any natural disaster. There's a lot of grief there because you do. You have emotionally significant objects, and that is 
something that can be kind of hard to talk about because like we went over already you're talking to you know nancy down the street and you know her granddaughter's got leukemia but here you are talking about how you somebody came into your house and bumped into the stool and knocked grandma's vase onto the ground and busted it but Mm. that was that was me mom's vase yeah we'd had that for four generations you know it was devastating (laughs) but you you know you don't want to say it because you know, Nancy's granddaughter's got leukemia. Like, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But you can't piss in contest grief. Grief is grief. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There is some more that hits more significantly than others. But there's still grief to things that you don't think about. And when people try to tell you about it, you kind of... I mean, I know I'm guilty of it. Kind of laughing it off. Like, that sucks, man. Want to get a pizza? <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> Like... <laughs> Sorry Bummer. about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, be a little insensitive about time, things, and then you know something happens to you, and you're like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I yeah, I can never get that back. You know, there's no replica of it. That's that was yeah. that. No, exactly. And it's just how it is, and it sucks. I think the even bigger one is the emotional like significance to like time and thoughts you know like I don't know the divorce thing maybe the one of the, the the persons in the divorce wasn't happy with that decision and so they constantly grieved this time of this wonderful marriage you know when it was new and young and viral and just great yeah and it was beautiful and it was everything they ever wanted and now they're divorced and you know live in a shack and pay alimony or whatever and life sucks they're gonna grieve that time yeah you're gonna grieve that time you're gonna you know maybe you made decisions based on others yeah. And, you know, we all play the what-if game, and it's a tr- terrible game to play. Easier said than done when saying don't play that game. <laughs> yes. And that's where I think, like, <coughs> it's not, I mean, it's still what-if, but it's almost a little bit, like, grief there. Like, yeah. and it's not because, when I say this, it's not because, like, you had a decision in it. It's a little more complicated than that. It's like, yeah. Maybe as a young person, you lost a parent. And that wasn't up to you. That wasn't your choice. And you grieve that loss, but you also grieve the what could have been yeah. had that parent not passed early. And it's also, like, you look back, like, looking back now and, like, how I've handled lo- losses in my past, I, in those moments, I was dealing with what I had as far as, like, the mental capability and the tools that I had at that time in that moment, which were not the best tools, but it's what I had, you know what I mean? Scotch and duct tape helped me out, you know, like, (laughs) I dealt with what I had, but, like, now I've developed so much more in the sense of, like, all the skills and, and coping mechanisms that I've picked up along the way that I'm like, damn, I regret not having those back then, but it's like, what... What am I, time travel? No. 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 You can't. I've developed those along the way, and I'm proud of that. Yes, it would have been nice to have these tools back then, but that's 
That's not how it is. No, and, but and it's I a sense of like grieving it yeah. almost. Like you can't get that time back. Mm-hmm. You can't change it. It no. is what it is. Yeah. But it's oddly like grief. Yeah. Because that's, you can't, I mean, no, it's not, not the death itself or a death, but it still feels that way because you can't, you can't turn back the clock on that one. Can't do anything about it. It is what it is. I think it's, it's really easy to, for some people to get stuck in that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to go through this grief and I'm going to let it control my life. Yep. And I'm not going to take the time to learn new new skills and, yeah. and new ways to grieve and things like that. I'm not going to even acknowledge any kind of other way than what I know how. And the only way that I know how is the worst way. And the way that I know how, what I'm going to do, and I think it's the best for myself, is actually hurting everyone that is still here that I love, but I'm, you know... Putting... Letting it consume me. Exactly. And that's there's going to come a day. You maybe years down the road mm-hmm. when you wake up out of that and you're gonna think oh my gosh i've wasted so much of my life yeah doing this i've hurt so many people and that's again you're gonna re-grieve for all this crap and that's grief has many faces i think personally yeah. i think too one that's insanely deep Bear with my hair. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of grief surrounding self. When you... I mean, I know I've done it. I know other people who have done it. But where you've lost a part of you yeah, that you can't get back. No matter yeah. how hard you try. And you look back and that loss is... It's you, but it's still like losing a whole person. Like, yeah. You're unrecognizable. You don't know who you are anymore. You don't know up from down, down from up. And you look back at this person that you used to be prior to a death, prior to a trauma. You know, maybe it's even smaller than that, whatever it is. But you're not that same person anymore. Mm-hmm. You have, you grieve that loss of self. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been times definitely where, like, I you take that second, you look in the mirror, and you're like... What are you doing? What are you doing, homegirl? <laughs> what are you doing? Me at 1.30 a.m. at the bar in the mirror. <laughs> you're looking you're not, like, you're take it easy, I Take it easy, I Who the fuck is this? What are you doing? Have a water. <laughs> <laughs> Just relax. Drink a 7-Up. Quit murdering people. No. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you just don't. You don't. I think it was a while ago that that. you and I both had, like, the same moment where we didn't know that we were having it. Yeah. And then we talked about it, and it was, like, I seen, like, a picture of myself as, like, a little kid. Yep. And I was, like, I don't know why, but something snapped in that moment, and I just started crying, and I don't do that, so it freaked me out. And I was, like, what does this mean? And I, like, went to Maddie, and I was, like, dude, like, and I told her about it, and she's, like, oh, my God, bitch, I just did the same thing. Literally, like, the same day, and that's, it was a picture, you know, because that's typically, it's pictures or moments or whatever, songs, movies, Mm -hmm. you know, it usually triggers that, and that's, it was the same for both of us. I had an old picture come up, and I was, like, that girl, That that girl was beautiful, that girl was powerful, that girl had a lot of drive and a lot of heart and a lot of soul. What happened to that girl? Mm-hmm. 
you know exactly how did i how do we go from here to this and you you know people don't think about it but you got to mourn the loss of then there's the sense of like looking back at like old pictures of yourself as like a kid before going through all kinds of shit trauma you know and you're just like damn i was i didn't even realize how pure and happy i was in that moment i didn't even realize that and you take it for granted and then you look back and you're like damn i really should have appreciated that exactly i mean that's i mean time is a bitch and i think you know it can obviously be pretty grieved too i mean there's probably a lot of old people you know on their deathbed who look back and grieve for time spent that could have been spent better or differently and that's in grief we get stuck in this make it each day just get up brush your hair brush your teeth get out of bed keep moving and then it kind of becomes becomes so much more than that more than that but it's also you know a fine line of not just doing that yeah day in mundane because that mundaneness that will consume you so much that it's like that will turn into like its own problem for your own mental health you know exactly and like, then, whoever your loved one, individual, or whoever it was, pet or whatever, they don't want you to sit there and, you know, they're looking down on you or up at you or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have big screen TVs down there. Just saying. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they can watch. <laughs> Probably not. I'm sure. You hear that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, they're, you know, they're looking at you like, or I, I would like to think that they're looking at me at some point being like, I hope you get on, like, they don't want you to sit around on your ass and not do nothing, you know? And it's, it's like, they want you to, to live life, to gain progress in life in general, in, in your, you know, mental status and how you are and things like that. And, you know, all the growth that you make and stuff. Life isn't meant to be miserable. And I know, I know. I sound like a new age moron and, you know, there's that old saying, life's a bitch, you pay taxes and then you die. And I have those days. Most definitely have those days. But, and this sounds cliche, and this goes back to almost uh, first time Angel and I had our little heart to heart. (laughs) But YOLO, okay? I know it sounds (laughs) stupid, but you only live once. Mm -hmm. You get one shot at this. Don't let your grief and your heartache and your mental abilities keep you from living your very best life. Don't wait until you look back and you grieve all this time spent and that could have been spent so differently. Yeah. I look back now and it's like a big one for me is like, when I was younger and didn't have all the tools that I had and stuff, I would look back at memories and I would be so, so sad. Just so sad about things. But looking back now, I look at those memories and they make me laugh so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, for example. <laughs> so, <laughs> that picture it. That laugh. <laughs> picture it, okay? <laughs> Alright, dead brother, right? <laughs> there. <laughs> Those in the family that are listening, and you're probably going to be disappointed in my dark sense of humor. Look, I'm sorry, okay? Not really, but... I'm not that sorry. You can't... We both This is... Look, I'm processing. You do you, okay? I'm doing me. If you don't like it, I... I don't know. Anyway. 
So back to dead brother, right? He's where they're lowering him. Okay, you got a picture, right? An old little country cemetery. It's gorgeous out there. It's a beautiful day. Everyone's out there, all sad, dressed in black, just bleh, you know. And uh, they're lowering him. <laughs> the closest family members, right? Every everyone who mattered the most is all surrounding, right? And everybody goes and takes their little shovel and they chunk a little shovel on which I always thought was so funny so like I just had a lot going on in my head that day and I'm just watching everyone go through and grab a handful of dirt and stuff and I'm like they got a fucking excavator dude they got an excavator out here why are we sitting here throwing handfuls out down you just get it done with what are you doing so anyway everybody <laughs> takes their turns right taking their little ounces of dirt and dumping it down this bitch okay and then they're like they go to lower him first, though, right? This is yeah. where the funniest part was, actually. That came after. So it's like, they turn the excavator on and everything, they're holding, or whatever it was, and they're holding him, and it's going to lift him down. Well, it was like an awkward cut of grave, I guess. I don't know. Grave diver diggers sucked ass. All right, look. And so it's a little wonky, okay? So he's trying to cram this coffin down in there. Oh, God. And I'm looking down, and it's like, thunk, 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 hitting the sides of the fucking grave all six feet down, bro. And I'm sitting there into my head, and, like, I hadn't cried yet or nothing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I, I'm just fucking dying, dude. And then I, there was a friend that was there, and she notices me, and she's like, oh, this bitch is crazy. She's snapping. So she's like, come here. Just hug me. Just hug me. So I'm, I'm like putting my face in her neck and I'm just maniacally fucking laughing my ass off and everyone's like oh my god Angel is she having snapped. she snapped she's having a hard time she's this is so sad dude I'm busting out laughing I'm dying this whole time I'm like oh my god are you are you serious right now I think that's normal because I had a snapped yeah. moment too you <laughs> just reminded me of this it's so funny that you said this <laughs> so when Grandma Dory died mm -hmm. I was there when she took her final breath and left this world. And for me, I think that gave me a lot of peace. Getting to be a witness to that and yeah. seeing it, it, I think, helped in a lot of ways. And so I didn't cry when I was there that night. And I didn't cry following. And it took a while. Like, it was months later before I had my big breakdown. Just had to pull over play a sad song on the radio, turn it up real loud so I can hear myself and get that ugly cry out. <laughs> well, we were going over to Great Grandma's at the ranch to uh, disperse of Grammy's ashes. <laughs> and we get to the spot, we finally get to the spot, whatever. And my aunt, God love her, sweet lady, has brought teaspoons for everyone. <laughs> To get a, you know, tablespoon of Grammy and fly it to the wind. <laughs> well, I start laughing like a hyena. Like, I didn't have the cover of someone's neck. I'm no. just crying because I'm laughing that You're like, hard. this is fucking Dave Chappelle special right now. I'm like, literally. <laughs> and my uncle and dad, everybody comes up to me and they're like, are you okay? You good, my guy? Like, they were concerned. And yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I get it. We're all, you know, kind of graveside, not really, but on the hill, gonna spread Grammy's ashes and they're you're like, supposed this to be all sad. sad. What's wrong with you? And you're laughing like a freaking banshee. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you, you nutbag? So, <laughs> I finally catch my breath and... I was because 
Grandma loved to cook, and she was a phenomenal cook. The woman didn't measure anything. <laughs> Not once. Never. So no. to disperse of her ashes with, with carefully spoons <laughs> was so ironic to me and hysterical. And when I said it, then everybody laughed. You know, it was funny. It was ironic. Yeah. And so you do. And that's, in the moment, it was like a bittersweet. And then, you know, like you said, you have these moments where it is more fresh and sad and you Mm -hmm. can't talk about that person or see things about that person because it just brings on this wave of sadness but Mm -hmm. after time and coping and working through things you do get to a point where you can smile and you can laugh Mm -hmm. and you can tell someone oh you would have loved her she was great she had little weird sayings and she could cook but you know Dory's surprised she'd pull anything out of the fridge and throw it in a crock pot, and you didn't know what was in it, but it was good. He was an asshole and used to put nails in my Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you can laugh about it, and yeah. you still, you know, no matter, I don't think, no matter after time, I mean, Grandma Dory was my first big loss, so it's only been five years, and that's, I can talk about her, I can laugh and share stories, and I still have moments where I get overwhelmed with sadness. Yeah. And I don't think that will ever go away. No. And not for anybody. I just think that's a part of it. And that's, you don't, you don't, I don't think you get over grieving. You don't get over that loss. I think you just learn how to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. You learn how to, it's not so much as living with it. It's, you learn how to, it's character development. It's you, (laughs) don't get me wrong, character development sucks ass, but like it's, you know, it's how you become you and how you go through hardships and how you, you know, address things and all the hard times and stuff like that in your life and losing people and stuff. It's how you pick yourself up and how you maintain yourself and how you help other people in your life grieve and how you, you know, become a unit with your family and how, what, how, what you're supposed to, It's not necessarily what you're supposed to do because it's more of like, especially like if you're tight-knit family and things like that, it's... You're su- you lean on each other. You're supposed to use each other as tools. And don't get me wrong, not every family can use each other as a coping mechanism. <laughs> I'm a first-hand person to tell you, not every family has that available to them. But you should. And it sucks. If you don't, it sucks. You're on your own. I don't know what to tell you. But... <laughs> you got my family, man. See, exactly. I found someone else's fucking family to use for coping. <laughs> We're so good at it. <laughs> hey, no. You're... You're doing pretty good. You and <laughs> hey, you and I are gnarled trees. We're working on it together. Yeah. But, nope, I think it's just one of those things. And, you know, to, I mean, it's always another thing in the forefront or, you know, wherever in your mind, too, is if you're somebody that does have people around you, family, siblings, you know, kids, whatever mm. it is, you're an example as well. So if you're bottling it up and you're not expressing and you're not talking about that person and saying it's okay, you're just teaching those people around you to do the same thing. It's not healthy. No. It's not healthy. and Especially when it comes to kids. Especially with kids. And not only that, but it's like if you want the best for your kids and, and you have the capability to give them that, then give them that. Don't deny them of something great. Just no. because you are struggling to cope with yourself. And it's like, if you're not reaching out, then it's like... Because the payoff is on both ends. Exactly. 
Yeah. Like, yes, you're doing it for this, for them, too. And sometimes it's easier to do something for another than for yourself. Yeah. So if you have to look at it like that, then do that. But yeah. either way, the payoff goes on both sides. Yeah. Each party is going to learn something. Each party is going to heal from it. Mm-hmm. And that feeling you get when, like, you know, you and your kids or whoever, and when a group like that can heal together and you can look back and realize, wow, we've been through some, sh- some shit, but we utilized each other to heal and go through it. Like, that's, that's incredible. That's an awesome thing to look at. The other side of it, and nobody likes to think of it this way, but grief is beautiful because it's life and life is beautiful and with life there's death and there can be tragedy that strikes it can be an illness a car accident a fire skydiving incident goes bad one can only hope (laughs) (laughs) whatever it may be you know there's still beauty in it because there was still a life that was lived and that's what instead of and it's really hard to not do you know that oh she would love this if she was here and like yes she would but look at it as a happy not as sad because this person that you love so much had a life and that life was beautiful and incredible mm-hmm. in ways and maybe not in others but you gotta cherish what time you had and I think that's a big part of it that we forget with grief is it's so easy to look at the dark of it of I wish she was here with me I wish he was here with me I mm-hmm. wish you know this person's dead gone forever oh you know I wish I could change it because you know in this moment where mm-hmm. it's like take a breath and recognize well I got 21 years with her mm-hmm. fantastic years full of incredible memories that you know I can't replicate and I wouldn't want to no and that's where you know those memories that you have are so unique and personal to you yeah that's that everybody it's like you know yeah for you every have different memories have. with arlen than your sister yeah you know yeah. and that's the thing is there is beauty in it right and it's very hard to see that but once you can get to that point you're pretty well over the hump right and it's like how you process things and how you handle things that that forms you as a person and who you are and who you become you know yeah and it's a big thing that it's one of those things that sounds cliche but like it like it makes you 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 know yeah that's part of that self you know that self loss don't yeah don't let the loss of a loved one make it so you lose part of you they they would never want that no and so get strength from it and it's not easy and it takes time I'm not saying it happen, has to happen tomorrow or next month or even a year from now it takes a lot of time but do the work because it'll pay off for you and your loved ones yeah no, and yeah. grief has the many different faces and that was you know big topic for today and I have a quote that I liked a lot. Oh, okay. So Let's it's Winnie, it. it's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. You know, he's kind of wise sometimes. So that's how lucky I am to have something that makes me makes saying goodbye so hard. And that's exactly right. Oh, we that's all have something or someone in our lives that 
was so great that saying that final goodbye was mm. so hard. On with the roach. Catch you guys next week. Every Tuesday. Thanks for listening.